everybody. You're listening to the No Jumpsuit Podcast with Joyce and Shaw. Broadcasting from Braintree, Massachusetts. We're talking about music, life, whatnot. So please stay tuned. Listeners, hello. Welcome to the Red Jumpsuit Podcast from the Braintree Basement. Yeah, we're here. We're back again, Shauna. Hi, Joyce. Hey, how's it going? Good. And we've got our awesome guest, Karen Orsi. Hello. The Karen Orsi of Rhode Island. The gunslinger, <laughs> as we Fame. call her. Also, a little background. We, you know, we, we've played we've played with Karen in our band, uh, Reindeer. Full disclosure. Yes, and uh, it's not a secret <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, anyway, that's why she's here, and we love her, and she is a great guitar player, and we're going to talk about her adventures playing music and all that good stuff. So let's get started. Right. And and I love you ladies, too. It's <laughs> a love fest. Big hearts <laughs> going across the room. <laughs> So Karen grew up in East Providence. I, I did indeed. And I want to know, Karen, because I've seen this picture that you have yes. of you with a little Snoopy guitar. Right. And I think you're like three or four, maybe? Right, yes. yes. And it's so adorable. And I'm like, oh, that's just perfect. Karen <laughs> always knew she was going to play guitar. But I want to know what that day was like. Yes. So... <laughs> In that picture, which is uh, famous in my family, uh, my dad was actually a, a photographer uh, as a hobby, and he had a, a dark room, so he would uh, develop his own film, and so we had a lot of really cool family photos. And that one, um, in the picture, my mom is uh, right next to me. She's holding a doll and putting it towards me, while I am there with the Snoopy guitar and my face is all lit up about having this Snoopy guitar. Um, so when I look at that photo, I think about that moment sometimes that everybody has, like when something comes your way and you're like, yes, that, that is speaking to me. Where the doll, I was kind of like, eh, I think I'll, I'm going to go, <laughs> let's see, doll or guitar? I think guitar is more uh, what I'm about, so... But then you started playing, actually playing. Yes. So um, when I was 13, I got my first guitar. And the reason I got that guitar is um, I would listen to a lot of different music in the house. I was the youngest of um, six kids. And uh, there was a lot of different music being played in the house. Um, and when I heard the Beatles, everything changed. And I really, really <laughs> wanted to play guitar. So I would stand in front of the mirror and pretend I was playing guitar. It's a little ear guitar, <laughs> uh, George. And uh, my parents were just like, you know, this is kind of pathetic. We should probably get her a real guitar. So, <laughs> so, uh, pathetic. Yes, like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. That's a good way to put just it. Playing in front thing. of the mirror. Like, what is that? <laughs> um, so I got my guitar. Uh, it was an Aria acoustic guitar. And it had very high action. Um, and for those who don't know what that means, it just means the strings on the guitar are really far away from the fretboard. Uh, so it can make it uh, a lot more difficult to play. 
Um, but I'm thankful for that because once I did get my electric guitar, my first, when I was 18, it was a lot easier to play. Yeah. So, yeah. That is a treat when that happens. But that also means you were really devoted with that high action right. guitar. Now, I have to ask, when did you each get your first uh, instrument? When you wanted to uh, learn how to play, what made you want to play? Oh, that's all in episode I one and two. Well, yeah, we won't <laughs> we won't go into that now, but yeah, it's in there. You gotta listen yeah. to the podcast, oh my Karen. <laughs> oh my goodness! I want to know because I had when I was playing also at fourteen, and I was playing the bass. I got those huge blisters and calluses on the tips of my fingers, and I thought it was going to make me. So unattractive man hands that no guy would ever date me. Like, did you ever have any weird moments like that, Karen? Well, I'll tell you. So um, I got my first boyfriend when I was 13. I'm going to not disclose his full name. Yeah. um, But his first name was Lance. And he lived on an island off the coast of Maine. It was all very romantic. Um, And at the time, I had just learned how to play a little bit of guitar and I was really into it um and he actually came to visit me a couple of years later can we say his first name uh Lance okay great yes yeah yes we, we know and, but um I just want yeah. that name out there yeah <laughs> Shauna just wants to say the name Lance I know Lance. Right? It's and if name. we could actually disclose his last name it's even better but we won't we won't yeah, but we'll I'm just saying some privacy you, you know. can think just imagine. Imagine how good that name is. <laughs> yes. Good name. Um, so he, uh, a couple of years after we had started dating, he came to visit me. And I was really into guitar by that point. I was like 15. Um, and I remember I was playing. I'm like, oh, look, look what I'm doing. And he just looked at me and he said, why would you want to play guitar? And <laughs> I had that <laughs> moment of, oh, wow, Lance doesn't dig guitar so maybe I should think about not playing um but that went away really fast and I continued to play but that was just that one moment of like oh me I was thinking this would be cool I play guitar it's part of who I am yeah um but then seeing someone that I uh loved and was very interested in being with not like that aspect of me um, and it did put that m- minor amount of doubt where I thought about not playing. Like, maybe this isn't the socially acceptable thing to be doing. Maybe I should be doing something else. Maybe I should have chosen the doll when I was four or whatever. Yeah. But instead, I kept playing guitar. Um, so did he play? No. Lance, he did not. No, okay. I was just going to say, yeah. Shauna, that was probably part of the problem. Right. He was an, uh, an entrepreneur. Sure. An entrepreneur. But even if yes. the guy did play, he might still say that. Uh, like, that's true. You know, that's, that's what oh, I'm that doing. happened to you. That's, that's what happened to me. It's in the first podcast, <laughs> I think. Um, Good point. Karen, did you, dare I ask, did you continue seeing each other after that? Or? Up until 18 years old, the it was always a long-distance relationship because he lived far away, and then he went off to Penn State, um, and he would Since visit. Summer 11. Uh, exactly. And... <laughs> I think that was, uh, for me, that was the perfect kind of relationship to have when I was that young. Um, It gave me, instead of if he was like a block away or something, it gave me all of this time to play guitar. So I got to focus on that instead of 
the constant um, in-vicinity dating. Right. So like for me, that to, worked. If you had to, like, talk to him every day, you might not have had time for your guitar playing. Exactly. And we would be so sad about <laughs> in the future. So at this point, you are, at, like, 15? Uh, yes. Okay. So post-Lance or middle of Lance, and then you become, or you get into a band. Um, actually my first band was much later than that. Okay. But what did happen is my brother, um, who's a drummer, he had his bands playing down in the basement and the basement, um, was where his drum set was, was right below my bedroom. So I would constantly hear the bands playing, um, uh, he had actually two bands and then there was one main band that ended up. Uh, playing out and they were playing some really cool stuff here I was playing you know the Beatles and then all of a sudden I'm hearing the jam and the clash uh-huh. coming from the basement the talking heads I'm like what is that um, so I would go downstairs and he would try to kick me out like I'm the little sister you know go go on go away um, but I would go downstairs and I'd watch what the guitar player was doing and I'd say, oh, that's a G chord. All right, that's a D chord. And then I would run back upstairs and learn the songs that way. So that was the point where I really started seeing that I could do this. And the band were, they were pretty tolerant of me. I mean, my brother was like, oh, you just have a crush on whatever. I mean, I did end up dating one of the singers, but um, <laughs> in general, it was more not like I... I want to be with that person. It was more like, I want to be that person. Yeah, I want so to play. I don't want to be, you know, the groupie just following around. Not that there's anything wrong with yeah. that. Um, but I just knew I wanted to be that. Um, I wanted to, I just felt it with all of my being that I needed to play music. I want to go back to the Beatles because I heard somebody talking about, you know, the whole phenomenon of like, the Beatles, like when they first started, right? And everyone's in it's Beatlemania, mostly women or young girls and or young women. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think that's what they call yeah, them. I'm being in politically correct here. <laughs> uh, where they're just like, you know, so like heightened by this, right? And maybe it was because of the way they looked and they were sexy and the music was amazing and. You know, to them at the that trifecta. point. The yeah. trifecta. And, and, and I heard someone say, but it was because they wanted to be up there. It was a little yes. bit of both. Like, yeah, that's so exciting. But I want to do that. Exactly. And um, uh, back then, there weren't a ton of visual um, role models uh, for girls, women, ladies. Um, so that's what we had. It's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And that's when I first would be in front of the mirror pretending to play guitar. When I first had that inkling of, I want to do this, I was playing in front of the mirror in a way like, oh, okay. So I'm at the, I had the live at the Hollywood bowl album. All right. They called up, you know, we need another guitar player. So there I am playing with the Beatles. Like, oh. I'm actually, okay, yeah, I, sure, I can do it. I know this song. <laughs> <laughs> so it was that sort of creative visualization of, like, yeah, I 
totally, I, I, I'll be there. But it wasn't this whole fantasy thing of like, I need to be up there so I'll be famous too. It was more the connection I felt with the music and, and all of those things you mentioned, yeah, Shauna. Not with so the, much about fame, but like, when do we get, when do we get to do that? Right. You know? Absolutely. Like, we're, like, I think they were talking about that time specifically, like women wanting to do things like that like you know just like and they were like screaming because of it right yes (laughs) you know awesome that's that's an interesting it is a really interesting perspective yeah yeah like think about how many bands could have come out of that if girls weren't dissuaded oh go play with the doll right 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 Right. and again nothing not there's anything wrong with the doll um (laughs) but as uh you know folks who want to play music and I I'm fascinated by these stories of when people what gets them to first start playing which is why I asked uh, both you Joyce and Shauna and I will listen to that first podcast uh, to get those those I know some of the answers from yeah, conversations Shauna we have another listener that's awesome <laughs> yeah she's gonna listen oh to my it. god maybe just number one right there yeah, there we go right on anyway sorry Karen <laughs> oh yeah so um so another interesting milestone was actually when MTV came out um so two uh different bands that I saw on MTV um the first being the Pretenders when I saw Chrissy Hind up there just playing, singing, uh-huh. and it's not necessarily like all has to be an all-female thing. It was just like she's just one of the musicians. She's not um, – it, it doesn't even feel like it's necessarily about her being female. It's like she, this is right. what she's doing, and she's doing it, and it was so great. I'm like, oh, my God, look at this. Um, and then the other was X. Um, so uh, mm. X had this – a uh, really cool video on MTV at the time called uh, True Love Part 2. And I just, I saw mm-hmm. that. I'm like, look at this band. This is so <laughs> awesome. Okay, I have to interrupt this yes. time, this moment, just because it's a perfect time for me to just bring this up. That Karen and I, with my band Scarce that I'm in also, um, we got to share the stage with Xene Cervanko. Yes, we did. In fact, <laughs> We were in, so great. We were in this bar. And I'll tell a quick story. We we're in the bar in OC County to do um, daytime. I was doing some book event. Nighttime, we set up the show, and Exian had been at my daytime event reading my book, which was amazing. And then Your we book in- was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> And then I invited her to come see us play that night. We were playing at this biker bar, which happened to be the same spot that they filmed True Blood, yes. Fantasia. Uh, and so Karen wait, wait. and I, <laughs> really, Fantasia, did I just say that? Yeah, it was yeah. Just Fantasia. Fantasia. <laughs> and Karen and I were super psyched about that. And we played on the stage, like where Eric would sit. It was very cool. <laughs> um, and she came in. And when she came in the bar, like before that, it was like a bunch of like people just hanging out. And they weren't really paying attention to the music. And then she came in and we did our second set. And she's like, came on stage and she said, Joyce, I'm going to sing one of your songs with you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I thought she wanted to sing it. So I'm waiting and she's like looking at me. You got to sing. Anyways, Karen happened to share that moment with me. This is pretty special. 
And the minute that she left the stage, everybody starts cheering. They love our band. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, and Karen, Karen, actually, before we even got on stage, though, she wanted to do a couple covers. This land is your land. She came up to me and she said, uh, she said, Dad, you know, this land is your land. I'm like, I can figure it out. So I, while we're in between uh, sets, I go up to the amp. I'm quietly playing. And I used to, in my dorm room, sing along to the whole um, More Fun in the New World. Um, and I was trying to think, what key did she sing in? So I learned it in D. And it was awesome because she comes on stage and goes, oh, let's play it in D. I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was just that moment when, because I was singing background vocals also for uh, when she was on stage. I just had that moment of like, wow, I'm actually singing with the person that I would sing to in my dorm room. So it brought back that memory of like singing with, you know, the pretending you're in the B. Oh, they need a guitar player. You're in the Beatles or you're in X or um, so it was a very cool moment um, to be able to do that. And she was super nice. She was the coolest person. So nice. In fact, when she came to Boston, we all hung out and had dinner with her. And um, she's just a cool person. Yeah. Like, no <laughs> ego, just real deal punk. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. Maybe I'll get her on here someday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to Karen. I'm sorry I interrupted with oh, that little no, skew, no. but it was kind of amazing. We're just, we're just talking. That's right. We're talking. But yeah, so let's go back to, yeah. X. The uh, X. On the radio. Yes. And then somehow you ended up in a band. Yes. So when I got to college, um, that's when I got my first electric guitar as well. Um, and I started, uh, I would just be playing and I decided I wanted to be in a band. So I, I met this other um, girl who I was roommates with um, and she played some keyboard. Uh, Maria was her name. And like, yeah, let's, we should get a band going. So I, I make this flyer and I hang it in the, you know, the main music, um, venue that is in, uh, at Rhode Island college. And I wrote something like, must be willing to work to creative potential. Um, so I end up <laughs> briefly in this band with a bunch of guys who are actually, uh, Berkeley school of music musicians, Mind you, I had been self-taught, hadn't had a lesson yet. So it was actually a real schooling for me to realize, wow, this is, I'm just not good enough to even be in this band. Um, but it made me even more determined um, to learn how to get better. So I took uh, classical guitar lessons um, when I was at Rhode Island College and then eventually ended up in a band with two of my brother's old bandmates. I ran into them at college, and one of them said, oh, we're thinking of uh, starting a band. Would you be interested? And I was like, yes. So we formed this band. uh, We were called Twitch. And um, we were planning on being an original band. We wrote a couple songs. And at the time, I was uh, assistant manager of the coffee shop at Rick. And uh, my manager was like, oh, your band should play. Um, down in the coffee group. All right, yeah, sure. Uh, you're going to need about an hour of material. Okay, so we'll learn a few cover songs. And this was the 80s. And so we're learning REM, The Cure, Ministry, uh, Talking Heads. Um, and someone heard us that Books of Venue in Providence was like, oh, we'd love to have you guys play. 
Um, so long story short, I ended up in a cover band for two years with these guys um, because even though we were writing original music, um, you made good money playing covers. We had like a weekly gig at a bar in Bristol. We were playing Providence. We played the Newport Junior and Senior Proms. Got to play Rosecliff Mansion. <laughs> wow. Um, so it was a great way. And at the, the point before that, I was actually... Um, working at a milk store, that's how, and working at the coffee shop, of course, uh, to make money. And so it was nice to actually get paid to play music. Um, so did that for two years, and that was my first official band, and it was a great experience. Um, even having to play REM song fall on me like 500 times, you just get good at... Um, obviously, at playing the songs, you get good at rhythm, you get good at playing with other people um you get good at seeing creative ways to play a song if you get bored with it yeah um, so very good experience right i wanted to say like you know it's still really good to be in a cover band it is if you want to make money it's it so sure true. is i know so many like, except now you have to be a tribute <laughs> <laughs> it's more of i don't know i guess there are still cover what bands, would our cover band if we were a right. tribute band or wedding what would band. we what know, would I was be just be? thinking that because you, you know we'd you know, maybe we'd actually make money. Yeah. <laughs> tribute. 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 The shop assistants. <laughs> listening um our we're in the band now i guess we're in yeah. kind of an offshoot of reindeer right is yeah. it called the knees <laughs> i think side, side. Yeah. and um Project. matt uh, joyce's husband also plays in the band and we tr- we haven't gotten to play for a little while but we're hoping to play again soon um but one thing matt noted when he first joined the band was that we talk a lot in between <laughs> coming from a, a band with guys yes. so that was you know Used to sort of just hammering it out. Right, you go, you play. Yeah. Um, and as soon as uh, Joyce and Shauna mentioned that they were going to do a podcast, I was like, this makes so much sense. Because <laughs> we have, like, even though we're right now, we have microphones and there are certain questions being asked, um, there's definitely a natural flow that would happen in between songs. And Matt started getting into that too. I noticed. <laughs> yeah. He liked the conversation. Once, once he got into, you know, like embrace his family. We could side. not shut him up. I know. <laughs> it's like, okay, Matt. He's like the biggest gossip there is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so after Twitch is Pistol Whip or no? Not even close. Ah, oh, so after That's what Twitch. I um, so when I was in Twitch, I met my first husband. Uh, someone by the name of Tom. I won't disclose his last name for privacy's sake. So I met Tom, um, and he also played guitar. We played a little guitar together. Um, long story short, he ended up going over to Scotland um, to go to school, um, but then he came back four days later, um, and it was one of those love story things. Like, I love you. I want to be with you, too. And then um, two years later, we ended up getting married and then living in Scotland for a year. That's right. Yes. Um, So. Yes. And I told you, I think you're friends with her now, Jane McEwen. 
on, yes, yeah, right, so yes, in Glasgow. We just interviewed her. Awesome! I can't wait and to hear that. Yes, so we have that lovely Scottish connection. Anyways. Wonderful. Yes. So, so when I was living in Glasgow, living in Glasgow, Glasgow for a year, like my dream place yes. to live. And when um, at the time I was also by that time I was working in a corporate job, which I ended up with for nineteen years. Um, that's fast forwarding. Wow. That um, but the great thing about the job was they were good with me taking a year leave of absence. So I took a year leave of absence, lived in Scotland uh, with my new husband. And it was a lot of fun. He was studying to get his master's degree. So he was busy a lot. But what I would do is I would play a lot of guitar. And I would just explore Glasgow. And then I met a saxophone player. And we ended up busking. And For a second, I thought you said a sex something. Sex. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's on your mind, girl? Oh, all in the Scotland. time, all the time. In Scotland. Scotland. Those Scottish accents are such Yes, a it took, actually took me a week to understand the accent because the Glaswegian accent is quite Only um, a week? strong. Uh, but it was wonderful. It was, I would live there again in a second. Uh, <laughs> such a beautiful place. Um, but, but actually busking was really... It was such a good experience. Um, so it was a saxophone player myself, and then a student that I had. I was teaching guitar. His name was Odna, and it was from <laughs> Norway. And we would play on Saturday on Saki Hall Street. Um, and the great thing about it, I feel like it got me so much better at rhythm because with the saxophone player and then just guitars, you had to be the bass, the guitar, and the percussion kind of all at once. Um, so we would do like moon dance, night train, tequila. Um, uh, and there was a very angry violinist who came <laughs> after us. All we saw were playing and we just see this guy like holding a violin over his head and the bow over the uh, in the <laughs> other hand. And we didn't realize that there were certain spots for each musician. And I, we were in his spot. So we moved. But, oh, my God. But we, would, we made some money. We had the case open and we would make some... Uh, several pounds, and then we'd go to the pub and uh, just uh, eat and drink and have a good time. So the great thing about busking, um, for anyone who hasn't done it and is thinking about it, is um, first of all, when you're playing, um, you, you're playing to most people aren't listening to you, and there's a lot of noise around you, depending where you're playing. We were on Saki Hall Street, which is a main street in Glasgow. Um, so it gets you really good at being able to play without worrying about what is going on around you, which is essential when you're playing live. Because um, there might be certain circumstances where you play where everybody's there to see you and they're paying attention. Um, but more often than not, you're playing and people are talking, they're at the bar, um, they're wanting all they're wanting to do is wait for your song to end so they can have a conversation with the person they're with. Um, so it gets, it's really good to be able to um, kind of ignore that stuff and just play regardless. And yeah, because the reason you're is, out there is for the music. Exactly. Yeah. So busking is really good for that. So I've never busked. i got to be honest. Oh. I've never. Have you, Shauna? No. Oh. Maybe. Maybe it's something we should try. <laughs> yeah. Why not? It's hard to get gigs these days, but busking... <laughs> Yeah, you it's just there. set up. You open your case, and it's a good way to good way to get good way to get a couple there. bucks to go get a cup of coffee. Maybe no, you don't have to deal with booking a show. Oh my yeah, God. you book your own. You just you're just there. Boom. The audience is ready. Yeah, walking by. <laughs> I love 
Just like in the bar. <laughs> right. <laughs> Except you can <laughs> Whenever there's comedians out there just start on the street, I'm just, just going to tell some jokes. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. Does anyone want to listen? I have something funny to say. I think it would be really hard to be a stand-up comedian. So there's this elephant. <laughs> elephant Gerald? <laughs> You wouldn't be afraid of being up there all by yourself? You wouldn't be afraid, Shana? What? Of standing up there by yourself? I've sung songs all by myself. Well, that's true. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I always feel like I have to have something on me to feel comfortable. Like, I could never be a lead singer. I think I'm just, like, less afraid of failing. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good skill to have. At this point. That is a good skill For everybody listening, to be less afraid of failing is totally. it's a goal it's a major goal because <laughs> when you play live and you forget your part or just nobody's into it that's that's good or you fall off the stage it's okay <laughs> oh have you fallen off the stage oh, I, yes <laughs> you have. of course you have i just you know i i kind of got in this like crazy like let it all out you know and then sometimes I stopped <laughs> off the stage <laughs> actually the one time and you I had a trampoline up there I was playing you had an right? invisible trampoline I'm playing and I'm playing and all of a sudden like I kind of like closed my eyes for a second all of a sudden I'm like all oh, these people are staring at me I'm on the ground <laughs> how did this happen <laughs> and I when I tell people that this happened to me I'm like they're like you were drunk I'm no <laughs> I was not drunk or you, stoned or You were anything. in the music. I you was in it. it. Like deep, deep so much that I forgot about gravity. But anyways, yeah. Um, and then one time I fell on my back and played the rest of the song on my back. <laughs> That's badass, actually. I remember Karen used to talk about a guitar face. And guitar. She, she definitely guitar has guitar face. face. Oh. So Show us your guitar Let's face. Guitar face is a, all that. a problem. I'm Show hiding guitar you. face. <laughs> It's why I grew my hair a little longer, so it's in front of my face when I play because I do. I, I make a terrible guitar face. No, you don't. Um. It's you're so in it. It's great. Oh, that's it's great. Oh, yeah, the being in the moment face, I suppose. In yeah. the zone. Uh, I think the the funniest guitar face that I've ever seen in my life. Um, there's this video. It's a it's a great video. It's um, Shadows and Light. It's Joni Mitchell. And she has a band uh, consisting of Pat Metheny, Jaco Pastore, and some other musicians. And Pat Metheny makes the craziest guitar faces. (laughs) If anyone out there wants to see really crazy guitar face, uh, look up Amelia from Shadows and Light, uh, Joni Mitchell, and you will see. He even does a little leap when he does one of the notes. It's adorable. Yeah. So that's awesome. (laughs) Karen has a better guitar face than that though i think we all have our unique guitar faces right? <laughs> it's true um so scotland uh i was in scotland for a year i came back um with my husband and i was playing music with a few people um but most notably i played with somebody by the name i will disclose her full name patty mcgee um i had met her in college and we played together a lot in our just in our dorm rooms uh she was also a huge pretenders fan so we immediately 
um, just found this uh, rapport. Can I interrupt for one second yes. and just ask, was she the first woman that you actually played with? It is. That is correct. She is. And I still play with her to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to play this summer. Our schedules are busy, uh, but we always fit in some time to play. Um, so with Patty, uh, we had played uh, again in college. Um, when I came back from Scotland, she got back in touch and she's like, Oh, I'm forming this band. Um, and, uh, we were looking for another guitar player because we had this guitar player by the name of Gail Greenwood who had to leave to join a band called Belly. So it comes full circle. It comes full circle. And, Another full disclosure, I am uh, one of the first bands that I saw that was hugely influential on me was the Throwing Muses. Um, I saw Um, them at the living room. I think it was in 86 or 87. And uh, that changed everything for me as far as original music. Um, All of the band members. At the time, it was uh, Leslie Langston. She's still my favorite bass player of all time, believe yeah. it or not. I know a lot of people are a bit like, but what about Jacob's story? Like, nope, she has something really unique. Um, and Kristen Hirsch, Tanya Donnelly, um, all of them. Uh, just Don't one of my favorite. about and nice David. David is one of my favorite drummers. I love the fact that he um, played more on snare because in um, school he was playing, you know, like in school band, and that's what they focus on. And, and just his style, all of them, uh, Definitely. So big shout out to Throwing Muses and the various side projects uh, that came out of that. Um, So uh, when uh, Patty mentioned, oh, I'd like to kind of get this band going, uh, we had Gail playing briefly. So would you be interested? Yes, I'll come in. Um, So we ended up a band called Pistol Whip. Um, And it was actually all female. We had this uh, drummer, Holly, and we had Dawn on bass. Uh, Patty on guitar and myself on guitar. And at the point, I had been um, writing some songs. I wrote some songs while I was in Scotland. So what we would do is Patty would write some songs, I would write some songs, and then we would bring them together. Um, so we, I'd play my song, and then everybody would put their parts on it, and same with Patty. Um, so through Pistol Whip is how I end up here today. Um, uh, so Pistol Whip got asked to open for Scarce, yeah. which is was Joyce's band at the time, and we have been friends I didn't ever know since. That. Okay. And that makes sense. Guess what else of a connection Karen has with me, Shauna? Well, I'm sure there are several. <laughs> <laughs> the Fruit <laughs> Warehouse. She practiced there. Vinci. Vinci Fruit. I met her in the, the Fruit, fruit warehouse. warehouse. That's right. That in was the, the big practice space in Providence. It was called Vinji. There was a fruit company on yeah. the bottom level. Yeah. And then we would go up like two or three flights of stairs with heavy amps to, to yeah. go play. Okay. And yeah, that yeah, was... I was I was saying to Shauna that we were walking down there and I was like, I'm alone in this big building. I don't know what's behind all these doors with two men. I don't know. (laughs) Good idea. (laughs) It all worked out okay. These are the situations we get in as ladies in bands. Indeed. Yeah. This was that moment of why am I here? And then you're like, oh, yeah. Um, Now I know. But I remember meeting you guys um, through Holly. Right. That was the mutual connection and um, who I just met in the scene. And I was super psyched to meet some women musicians. Yes. 
because I was like, there just wasn't that many. Yeah, it was really cool. It's like, hey, I was look at like that. super into it, and so we played a lot of shows with you guys. We yes, thank you for having us. Yeah, uh, we opened. That. There were some of them were sold out. You guys were pretty big at the time, scarce on A and M and all that. And then and we we also got to record. Uh, you mentioned, oh, you should go record down at Studio Red with Adam Lasses. That's and right. That's where we recorded. That's right. It was the nineties, man. Yes, the nineties, indeed. Nineties explosion, and somehow, like. I played all these shows with Shauna. We were on the same bills, and we never met. And and then the oh, at the on the Cape, the Cape at the, the Beachcomber, the Beachcomber, awesome. But yeah, that's, I'm just that's saying, like two. I'm just saying, Shauna, I <laughs> anyway. missed out on our our relationship for many years. I was looking for it. That's right. No, I but I, I think we all met each other at just the right time. We really. sure did. Yeah, yeah, Maybe? that's true. Well, actually, it was more like this. You were playing out by yourself, Shauna, and you asked Karen. I was? Yeah. And oh. Karen was just like, oh, yeah. gunslinger Karen was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll back you up. And then I was drunk and said, I want to be in your band, too, oh. and I'm going to play <laughs> drums. Yeah. Can I be your drummer? <laughs> um. Can I be your drummer? I'm always going to ask you something, Karen. Okay, so did Pistol Whip go on our tour? Um, no, Pistol Whip never toured. Um, we always played local. We did play up in Boston a little bit. Um, uh, but the Pistol Whip, we, uh, one of the bass players ended up leaving. And then um, I briefly tried to play bass. Um, uh, and you're like, this so is boring. I was like, I'll play bass. No, I love, I love bass as much as I love guitar. I got kicked out of the band playing bass and then got hired back as the guitar player. And the reason for that um, is, um, besides the fact that I love Leslie Langston on bass, um, one of my favorite bass players of all time is also Bootsy Collins from P-Funk. So that's a little more funky. And I do love Jocko Pistori as well. So, and Pistol Whip was sort of more, um, I guess it had more of a punk edge to it. Um, It was heavier and so we're going to the songs like, okay, here we go. One, two, three, four. And I'm boom, bow, bow, boom. And they're like, no. <laughs> so that was my short career as a bassist for Pistol Whip. So I ended up playing um, guitar. We got another bass player by the name of uh, Lisa. And um, we t- uh, never toured, but we did record again. Nothing ever really got released. That's Karen, what I was the, you're ask very, you. yeah. you're very self-aware, Karen. I love that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, we we were on a Load Records. Uh, there was a Bitter Pill to Swallow uh, compilation, yes. which Scarce was on as well, and Pistol Whip is on that. And also, yeah. Matt's band, The Hydrogen and Terrors, and I think his other The Haters too. That's right. So there was several. Um, we hadn't yet had the connection with Shauna yet, other than uh, Joyce playing those festivals with Shauna's band. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, and me not being cool and Shauna being cool. Well, no, I mean we were playing with Small Factory <laughs> when we went there. That's right. Shauna just the, the pop. You were cool. We were either playing with the pop bands or like Lightning Bolt. It was some, somewhere in between. Wow. Total noise. I like super pop. Right. It was funny. Because no one knew what to do with us. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> but that was interesting, like playing bills like that. Yeah. They were, yeah. They happened a lot, you know? Yeah. In the 90s, it happened a lot. Yeah. Right? It was cool. Yeah. Absolutely. And one thing to note, too, when you talk about the cool or not being cool, um, just so 
everybody knows I was decidedly not cool and I continue to be decidedly. not cool. Yes. Like, okay. I yeah. tried to be cool. I just, I'm a geek basically and I'm proudly a geek and so I'm not really cool. You know, that if you were, yeah, you would probably just really intimidating people. Yeah. With your, uh, can I just say, and funky I, I bass hope skills. this comes out right. <laughs> I hope this comes out right, Karen. But it'll probably come out wrong because it's coming out of my mouth. Um, when I saw you play guitar, I was like, oh, my God, it's Providence. Providence is Mary Timoney. Because oh, you even that's look a alike. That's a huge compliment. Well, Thank you. Well, you guys look, not, you don't look exactly alike, but you just kind of reminded me because your hair was really long right. when, I, I, when I met you. Love helium. I discovered them afterwards, after Pistol Whip. But the Swirlies did play with Helium, so yeah, that's when I met Mary too. I was really? like, yeah, in, an instant fan. And <laughs> well, so we got interrupted, but uh, yes. your record company. Ah, yes. So a little more. We're just about at that. All right. So, um, so at the time, Pistol Whip broke up. My marriage also did break up um, again due to uh, probably growing apart, kind of thing. I spent a couple of years. Uh, just with my four-track recorder and guitar, just playing and writing songs. So I feel like I get a little better at writing songs. Um, and then I uh, met this guy. That's often how stories begin. Mm. I met this guy, um, a super nice guy named Jason. I met him through a friend of mine at a show. And uh, oddly enough, he had seen me play with Joyce. We were briefly in a band called Rolla. After Pistol Whip. I was like, who's Joyce? Yes, you. (laughs) After Pistol Whip and Scarce broke up. Before I lost my mind. And we opened up, I think we opened up for the Throwing Muses. That's right. At the Met Cafe, the old Met Cafe. That's right. And he had seen me, and then when I met him, he recognized me, and he loved Throwing Muses as well. And conversation started. There might have been a little dating that happened in there as well. Um, He was actually the first guy I dated after my marriage broke up, and it was wonderful. We dated for a few months, but it felt more like a friendship. Um, so I ended up, uh, we were on a, uh, we met for breakfast and I actually broke up with them. I think it was the only time I've ever broken up with someone. Um, but it wasn't like a breakup. It's like, I just think that we would be better as friends. And, um, and we decided, yeah, this is great. He's like, we should do some music together. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. And so we stayed in touch and then he got in touch uh, with me and said, my brother and I are starting a band. Do you want to play guitar? I'm like, yeah. So we worked on some songs, went in the studio, and then he said, oh, there was this band um, that I was in called Blue Shift Signal, and the drummer from that band might be interested in joining our band. What do you think? Yeah, let's see. Um, So we were in a studio called Ivy Lane Studio at the time, um, and uh, this guy walks in by the name of John, and I haven't been saying any last names, but I can say his last name, John Orsi. It's my last name as well so you can probably tell how that story um and uh, he walked in and there was just an immediate rapport um and his um playing was amazing and we all started working on songs together long story short we started dating quietly um so we didn't want to ruin the vibe of the band and then we eventually let everyone know hey we're dating and then we got engaged in the studio a couple of years later and then we got married, and it was wonderful. 
Um, and uh, he had the beginnings of a record label at the time, and that was its twilight time. So the record label that you were talking about is that label. So we were working on that together. And is it still available if people want to check stuff out? It is, and I'm actually about to get the new yeah, website up. Awesome. So, so we'll post that afterwards. Definitely. With this episode. And the, the name of it is? Um, it's Twilight Time. And the band that we were in, uh, that Jason and Mark, his brother, and John and myself were in, was called Overflower. And mm-hmm. we're on Spotify and all that stuff. Um, we were together for about two years, uh, recording, working on stuff, playing out, a lot of fun. Um, and that was more what they would uh, call shoegazer in the world of uh, the swirlies as well. Um, and uh, they would, they being uh, Jason and Mark, would talk about this guy. He's so amazing. Roger. Roger LaValle. All right. Another full circle. Oh, He no ends up way. recording uh, Shauna wow. and then yeah, does so uh, the amazing work on the reindeer uh, discs as well. Not- know this this is so cool i just learned I recorded something new my, about my um, first solo shoegaze record that's right <laughs> so it wasn't shoegaze but what I'm, was the I'm name joking. of that record shauna my solo thingy yeah. thingy well it, it was actually an acoustic record that i did called barn songs and you can get it on Bandcamp or something that is on Bandcamp. Right. Awesome. and i have an, another one called struts and jocks that's cool that is the band like so you have this record label can people listen to this stuff on you're saying on spotify yes spotify so overflower is on there overflower um also one of john's uh big projects that he's had worked on over the years and that i ended up a part of was called knitting by twilight and that's what actually got him to start the record label it was just uh, a lot of electronic stuff and percussion and um, he played keyboard as well, and um, he would compose the music and play with different musicians. Um, and and so you recorded all of it, right? Yes. Were so you, the, you were the producer, basically. Absolutely. Mixer, once, producer. Uh, right. Once we got married and we were in, uh, we were in Overflower, we uh, bought a house in East Providence. And part of why we wanted to get the house was we both had this dream of, wow, imagine being able to actually play in your own basement, like music and have a studio. And when we went to look at the house the first time, uh, the first thing we asked the realtor was, can we see the basement? And just her look, because she's like, oh, look at the kitchen. We're like, we want to see the basement. And it was big basement and it was dry. That's what we cared about. We're like, we just want to make sure that our gear is going to be you know, good and we can record. Um, so because Ivy Lane Studio had closed, um, and at the time I was had my corporate job, I was a graphic designer, um, getting into web development and uh, a bit geeky in the way where I love learning software. I'm like, why don't we just do this ourselves? So I bought a laptop. I bought Sonar um, because I was on a PC, so I didn't have um, the Mac uh, where Mac you would well, use Pro Tools. And Mac is like really that. expensive. It sure, especially mm-hmm. back. You don't then. have money, you know. Exactly. So we started recording ourselves. Um, so I did uh, some Knitting by Twilight stuff for John. Um, and then I also recorded a solo CD under the name Herd of Murs, which John played drums on um, as well. And it was a lot of fun. Um, and that's mainly what we did in uh, the studio at home. A little bit of a fast forward and a sad part of the story is that my husband did pass away in 2013 from cancer. 
Um, but uh, and he had had cancer when he was younger, when he was in his twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the beautiful things about John was the fact that uh, he really appreciated every day um, because he had had cancer before and loved playing music. So, uh, and, and before um, he passed away, he let me know about this other album he had been working on. So I'm hoping to release it next year with a bunch of the musicians that played with him on Knitting by Twilight, including myself, and um, possibly release it as like a two-album set uh, where it will be the new music and then some of the best of um, to honor him. Uh, so That's super cool, yeah. Karen. I can't yeah. wait until that comes out. Yeah. And I was so. going to say, it's amazing. What's amazing about Karen is that she can produce, she can do all the graphics, she does, like, everything. Yeah. Multi-talented. And, and you have your own record company and your own thing. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's really yeah. cool. Thanks. Because I could not do that. It's just wonderful. That, Shana? And, yeah. No. Yeah, this uh, day and age that we live in, it's so wonderful to be able to do that. Everybody's got that capability now. The fact that um, if you do have a Mac, that it comes with GarageBand, which is really pretty good recording software, especially if you're just starting. And there are bands that record entire albums on um, GarageBand. GarageBand. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. We made we edited all our movies on iMovie. Mm. Yes. We were like, oh, did you use Adobe After Effects and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, we used iMovie. They're like, oh. I'm like, yeah, we did a damn good job with iMovie, too. We don't yeah, have money. Those videos were so much fun to make as well. Yeah. I mean, really, like, what's cool that I love, we were talking about this last time, Karen, it's like your DIY. You know, exactly. you learned how to play guitar yourself, you figured out how to do the editing yourself, all this stuff. It's like, you know, it's available. Just do it. Exactly. And it's especially um, a great time to do any of this stuff, again, because of the technology, um, but also you can find so much online and learn to do anything. I uh, One thing I do, I also uh, teach music. Um, my corporate job, we, I knew it was going away about a year in advance, so I waited for the severance, started my own business doing the web and graphic design, and then also got the opportunity to teach uh, because through my friend Patty, she uh, gave me a call one day, and she's like, oh, in Rhode Island, they're starting this thing called Girls Rock, um, and they're looking for teachers. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Let's teach. So we taught together. And then um, I ended up on their board of directors and then teaching for their after-school programming. Um, and they're now 10 years old. That's amazing. And I still have a lot of private students. Um, I teach bass and guitar. And um, I love when you're in that teaching moment and you're talking about learning and to see the students like, oh, I went on YouTube and I found you know, this little guitar thing and how to do this. And so that's part of my teaching style as well as teaching how to learn because it's all there. You and know, you're really so good with kids. Learn. Karen, I you're really good kids. with kids. My kids talk about you all the oh, time. I love the kids. I don't have any myself. A lot of yeah. nieces and nephews. And, <laughs> they call you guys oh, Auntie, Auntie Karen Auntie and Auntie Karen. Shana. Auntie Shana. They, yeah. Yeah. The, we get to be the cool aunts. The cool aunts. Yeah. Yeah. I cool get to aunts. be the sucky <laughs> mom who yeah. does everything wrong. But anyways, <laughs> but Karen... <laughs> This was awesome. Is there anything else you want to give a shout out or anything? Um, ah, just shout out to a few of the music projects, I suppose, that I'm working on. Uh, yeah, so please. we know about Reindeer 
And then uh, the knees, we're hoping to play again soon, maybe play out live soon. Mm -hmm. Um, Also in a band called Persians in Soho, um, which uh, currently is a recording project. Um, It started last winter with a good friend of mine, Lisa, and then also Joe, who's the drummer from Reindeer. We all decided it was winter, holidays were coming, and sometimes that can be kind of a bummer of a time you know it's cold it's like ah holidays whatever so we're like let's do music through all of those months when it's just you know cold and dreary and so we um recorded in my home studio we uh just recorded like a three song um what i like to call a three p um (laughs) i like that it's just the beginning the three p the three p um, Sounds so British. It's just the beginnings. <laughs> um, I'm also in a band called This Modern Bridge uh, that I play bass in. And I get to be funky bass. And awesome, it's it Karen. works. Um, and I, I love it. So that's another one. Um, and we're on Spotify and all that. And I just recently joined a band called Plug, uh, which yeah, is also yeah. on Spotify. Plug and on, in that one, I am um, I get to be... The dragon slayer, as Joe calls yeah, guns, it, uh, gunslinger. Just mainly gunslinger, uh, lead guitar. But uh, so that that's a lot of fun. It's fun to um, just be playing uh, lead guitar and uh, you know in a band, and the songs are already written. Um, so that's kind of a a cool muscle to work out musically. Um, that's really cool. Well, you know, we really enjoyed talking to you on the red jumpsuit. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for coming up, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for having me. Please email us with any comments and questions and stuff and let us know what you think if you're out there listening. So that's And if you want to be on the show, please um, send us an email because, you know, we'd love to hear your stories. I mean, send your agent to send your... <laughs> That's your manager. Oh, so...